Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm good, Pam. How about yourself? I'm good. You know, this is a topic that I'm not real comfortable in um, explaining or um, an expert at. And why is that? Because I'm not a guy. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you kind of have to have all the parts. You do, or at least a, this part. This part, that's right. Yes. Yeah, no, um, today is August the 30th, and so um, we're, we're transitioning out of the heat of the summer, moving into September, and along with September comes a couple of really neat things. Um, the Friends of Fogelberg concert coming up in September, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a screening that we'll talk about for PSA. September is what month? There's a lot of different awarenesses yes. this month, but one that we focus on is prostate. Yeah, so. and that, and we primarily focus on that because that's one of our top cancers in our region. Yes. Um, I, I need to go back and look, but it's usually one, two, or three. You know, sometimes hovers around that number two spot. It seems like most of the time. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we want to really talk about that because um, this deals with guys, and yes. guys are. Is it okay for me to say guys are different? Hey, you're a guy. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And by different, I, I mean that uh, with all... Di- no. Hard-headed? No. Maybe. <laughs> Stubborn. Yeah. But, you know, we want to make sure and, and talk about this because it needs to be talked about. Um, we've talked on, on countless occasions throughout the podcast. Screening is key. Early detection is key um, in all cancers. And that's no different with prostate. Now... I think what makes prostate is different is it's 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 a men's disease. It's a man's disease, mm-hmm. and um, it's one that um, has a, a bad stigma sometimes around it. Yes. Um, the testing does and the screening does. So we're gonna we're gonna address all that. We're gonna talk about that. And we have uh, someone that I've spoken with on a, a number of times in my previous life, um, and has helped me out with some interviews. And so it's no it's not lost on me that our guest is who it is today. Uh, and we're super excited to have Dr. David Wilhelm. Uh, gosh. We've known each other quite a while. Just, Short, just a few years. Shortly yeah. after you came, I think, yeah. we, we, we made contact and, and did a few things together. But, uh, no, it's fantastic. Um, Dr. Wilhelm is over at Emerald Urology Associates. We want to make sure we get that out there um, because the, some things will be taking place over at your building uh, later this month coming up. But we're super excited to have you. Um, you, have, you have done a lot when it comes to the prostate. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how to take that. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> in the right way, which is why you're here. Um, there, there's some, and, and we'll talk about that from from the uh, unique surgeries that you do, um, and and of course the diagnosing. Uh, that's that's the hard part and the discussions that take place. But um, I can tell you from from um, being a part of the screening and being a part or privy to uh, some stories that come out from someone who's been diagnosed, like we'll talk about on next week's podcast, just Mm -hmm. a teaser. Um, You know, you guys make it very smooth and you make it very um, educational and it's very laid out. Here are your options. And sometimes there's a one option. Sometimes there's a two option. Sometimes there's a three or four option maybe. And I'm not stealing your thunder, but let's start at the very beginning if we can and really kind of talk about the importance of, um, making sure that guys know about prostate cancer. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, the the thing we try and stress, especially in September. I'd, I'd love to uh, be this uh, year-round kind of thing because it's a year-round problem and a very common problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're a guy, you know somebody that's been through this. Uh, it's uh, one in seven men are going to be affected during their lifetime uh, with prostate cancer. And so uh, trying to figure out uh, how to work through this and, uh, and uh, you know, guys don't like doctors. Uh, guys don't like uh, people being in their private business. Uh, and so trying to make this uh, that this is just normal. And if you care about uh, yourself and your loved ones and your yes. family, uh, this is important because you want to stick around. Yeah. Can we go to the basic and what is the function of the prostate for our listeners? <laughs> Simply put. Yeah. So your your prostate basically allows you to have children and then it causes problems. <laughs> um, so uh, it's good yeah. and it's bad. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, the prostate is a gland kind of at the base of the, the bladder. Uh, that uh, gives nutrients to the sperm to allow you to have kids. And then over time, it can grow. And over time, it can become uh, a, a problem as far as cancer goes. And so can cause symptoms as far as urinary problems just because of where it's at uh, in relation to the bladder. And then uh, obviously what we're talking about more today is the, the risk as far as prostate cancer. One in seven men, Pam. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean... It's scary when you start getting into those single-digit numbers. Mm-hmm. That's where it's really scary. And, I mean, it, it, it's not just, you know, a lot of times we fall into the trap of, and, and gosh, we've really been forced out of this trap, Pam, of cancer is an older person disease. I mean, it's like my, my grandma. It's like my yeah. parents. And that is not the case anymore. No, and I think that's something that we see. Uh, I mean, it is still something that with every decade of life, it's more common. Um, But uh, we have men in their 30s and 40s that are affected by this. That is not common, and that's not our target population. But again, I think uh, having guys being able to be aware that this is important, having guys be able to actually talk to each other about this and not just be dragged there by their wife or girlfriend um, uh, is important. And, And that really stresses the importance of screening. And being aware um, and being open to being screened and and have um, a diagnostic evaluation if need be. Um, We've talked countless times, Pam, about um, patients need to be their own advocate. And this is no different in this case. Uh, you feel something, you you know, in terms of something's not right, um, or you you know you ha- you see something, and you think ah that's that's not right. But th- those are easy sometimes to figure out. But how many times is it that a prostate cancer is completely asymptomatic? It's very common, and that's why we do our screening testing, uh, because if we wait for, I mean, it's like many of the uh, uh, things you deal with, heart disease, uh, other cancers, if you wait until you're having problems, a lot of times it's tougher to fix or may not have a fix. Uh, and so trying to identify things, as you said earlier, when they are uh, asymptomatic, early, low-grade, give us more options and uh, hopefully better long-term outcomes. So what um, do you need to do for a screening? So I think uh, there's some debate uh, about screening, uh, and that has been a moving target over the last several years. Um, I think everyone agrees at this point that screening is important. Uh, That was not always the case. Uh, And uh, the studies that came out that uh, moved us a little further away from screening uh, were flawed, uh, and uh, over time, uh, I think the um, the organizations realize that and have now moved back to where screening is important. 
depending on the organization, those actual definitions are a little different. But I think in general, um, the the uh, for people who are average risk, uh, most people would say somewhere beginning around age 50, uh, uh, you should begin the screening process if you believe you have about a 10-year life expectancy. I mean, there are men that are 50 that have horrible other issues and prostate cancer is not important to them. There are guys who are 75 who are still building fence and yeah. uh, take no medicines. Uh, <laughs> and their dad lived, to be, yeah, dad lived to be 95. And, you know, that's a guy where you say, okay, even though he's 70, uh, 75, he may still be someone where we need to screen. And so in general, um, life expectancy of 10 years or more, uh, ages 50 to 70, um, uh, uh, we should look at screening. Uh, PSA testing is a simple blood test. I mean, it's no different than getting your cholesterol checked or getting checked for diabetes. It's a simple blood test uh, uh, that is at least simple and useful. Uh, I do still believe that the digital rectal exam, which every guy cringes when they hear about, um, is an important part of that. From the standpoint, it gives you one more piece of information that you can't get with just a blood test. Um, and it's an easy test. I mean, it's one of those things, uh, no guy likes it, but I mean, women don't like mammograms, uh, women don't like pap smears. Yeah. Uh, they're a lot better patients and tougher people than men are. Uh, and so men just need to man up and, and deal with it. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think the, the other thing to talk about is there's a difference between screening and to your point, Ryan, uh, symptoms. And so a man who is having problems and saying, I'm having pelvic pain, I'm having difficulty with urination, I'm having difficulty with erections, uh, there's something not right down there, that's different than a screening test because you're having some symptoms and the PSA and those exams can help with that. And even if it's not cancer, can hopefully help with quality of life. And that that's a really good point uh, to bring up about the difference between those two. Um, you know, uh, I, I think there's been so many times, you know, we did a couple of podcasts last year uh, with both Doppler Dave and with um, uh, Sergeant Mickey Blackman. And I would encourage you guys, um, guys especially, go back and listen to those. They shed a lot of light on going through um, diagnosis and going through um, treatment and so forth. Um, and, and so many times you just don't know. And that's why I have heard countless times, I mean, I don't know why I need to go. I, I don't have any problems. Everything's okay. Um, but you may not know. Um, and let's talk about that age range right there. Is there, is there a harm? Is there a foul? Um, uh, in, I say I'm 45 and I want to have my PSA checked. No, and I think, uh, and so for average risk where you don't have a family history, uh, I, I think, you know, that's where the, the age 50 comes in. But uh, I think in, in people that have a, a higher risk, that the, the recommendations are you start earlier. And, and so, and it's not just prostate cancer. We now know that there's a strong link between prostate cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer. And so, I mean, if you have family members that, uh, you know, all three of my, uh, you know, uh, my grandmothers and, and uh, you know, two aunts had breast cancer, that's a guy that is higher risk for prostate cancer. And I think starting at age 40 or 40, to at least get a baseline test, especially in that population, makes a lot of sense. And if you're very low risk at age 40 or 45 and your PSA is under 1, probably don't need it again until you're age 45 um, or 50. Um, if you're a guy at age 40 that has a PSA of 2, you're a guy we need to watch more closely, and you're not an average risk individual. And so I don't think there's anything wrong 
with testing early, especially with family histories and, and some peace of mind even uh, oh, to, to be able to say, OK, I'm normal. Um, uh, and and so I, I think that, uh, you know, maybe falls a little bit outside of the guidelines for the guy that has no other risk factors. But at the end of the day, I think one of the things that we've changed dramatically is what do we do with the information? Uh, one of the reasons the guidelines moved away from screening was there was this feeling that we over-treated, over-diagnosed. Um, and we've moved a lot within our profession to say there are individuals that maybe don't need anything right now. Um, their newer diagnostic testing with MRI for the prostate that can help us identify men that are higher risk to where not everybody who ends up with a PSA gets a biopsy and not everybody who has a cancer gets their prostate out or gets radiation. Some of those guys we follow closely, just like you do heart disease. And, and so we've moved away from treating everybody the same. So you're talking about PSA. What specifically is PSA? So PSA is a, a protein that's in the blood. It's expressed by prostate uh, cells, uh, both normal prostate cells and prostate cancer cells. Uh, the larger the prostate is, the higher the PSA because there's more stuff to make it. Um, uh, and prostate cancer as a whole releases more PSA into the bloodstream, and so that's why it's useful for prostate cancer. Uh, and so as the PSA numbers go up, we become more concerned that there's something going on with the prostate. can be just enlargement, but the concern, obviously, is it might be prostate cancer. So is there a false positive ever? Yes. Uh, I mean, I can introduce you to men in my practice who have PSAs of 20 or 30 that make me very nervous, and I've done all kinds of things to oh try goodness. and prove they're okay, mm -hmm. and yet they're they're normal. That well, they're 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 not normal. They're just uh, outside <laughs> of norms. Uh, um, That's so, a very good point. That's yeah. a very good point. So just because you go get screened, and it is flagged for being high does not mean you have prostate no, cancer. absolutely not. And and I think uh, it is something that uh, it's no different than having an abnormal EKG. Just because you have an abnormal EKG does not mean you need heart stents. Um, uh, however, that at least flags you as someone that needs further evaluation, and uh, you're hopefully doing preventative major, uh, measures uh, to have this not be something that is more life-threatening or dangerous. Yeah. And that's when the digital rectal exam comes I, I think that absolutely helps because if you have a guy with a very large prostate, you go, oh, okay, look, your PSA may be more related to your prostate size, and I'm going to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, someone with a very small prostate or a more abnormal feeling prostate where you say, I feel something here that makes me worry, that PSA may not, I may not care that that PSA is lower than what I expect. Uh, their abnormal exam tells me I need to pay attention to this guy. And, and unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I don't know, um, most guys have no symptoms. Uh, and yeah. that's where, you know, you saying I'm okay, uh, I mean, that's no different than you saying I'm okay until you're mowing your yard and you have your heart attack. Right. Um, uh, and, and so just because you feel okay uh, doesn't mean you're okay. I know I've heard um, just by way of the Survivorship Center, um, and I know, gosh, I can't tell you how many men you would probably know, I mean, you've had, that when they get the results go, are you sure that's me? No, oh, yeah. Right, wait a minute. What? No, I'm feel, I feel fine. Yeah, I mean, I know several guys that have come, and, that, and that's their story is, I had no idea right. that I had this going on until I had, you know, started with a PSA, right. then had a digital rectal, had all the biopsy, had the screening, had the testing, and all the tools that are done, and they're like, no, nah, 
<laughs> double check that because that's yeah. not me. No, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I have that conversation and uh, guys are like, yeah, I don't yeah. think you have the right guy. And then we have plenty of men that have symptoms that never have prostate cancer. And so they're, uh, you know, the fact you have symptoms doesn't necessarily mean you need to panic and you have prostate cancer. It just means you need to be checked. Yeah. Which explains why screenings are important, yes. period. You mentioned um, genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also important for people that have had, are women survivors who've had breast cancer or have a BRCA gene or Lynch syndrome. Absolutely. Um, to have the guys talk about or getting genetic testing also. Absolutely. And, and um, men in health are way behind women. Yeah. Um, we, unfortunately, in the prostate cancer world, have not had a Susan G. Komen that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, marched on the hill and got all of these things uh, and demanded these things. We are just now getting into the genomic and genetic uh, world in prostate cancer and understanding it's very important. Uh, and, and so, so I think uh, in cancer in general, a good family history and knowing what's happened in your family and talking to your family members. And if you have been diagnosed, sharing, you know, uh, with other family members of these are the cancers in our family change uh, how you take care of people. Which I'm going to throw a plug in here real quick for two things. One, um, that right there, what you said, makes it incredibly important when you are finished with your treatment that you reach out to Pam, you reach out to us here at the center because you uh, need to come in and have Pam do a treatment summary and care plan for you. Um, You know, the the sweet spot of time is about the six to eight weeks when you're finished with treatment. Um, This is guys and girls when you're finished with treatment. And then, you know, before that year time frame of being finished, once you were diagnosed, um, it's incredible. It's incredibly helpful. It's free. All it takes is you sign a release of information, Pam doesn't add things to your medical record. She takes your medical record from wherever you receive treatment, here, out of town, wherever. We get that information back. Pam pulls, you know, three inches worth of paper down to about a three-page document that explains, here's all the things you had. Here's the treatment you had. Here's the cancer you had, the surgeries you had, the side effects, all the things, and then goes over that with you. And that's your document that then becomes something that you can share with your family um, so that everyone remembers because I bet how many times have you heard when you ask the question, what about, is there cancer in your history? And they go, uh, I don't know. Uh, my dad had something. My mom, I think she had, maybe it was breast cancer. Absolutely. And I think, uh, some of that is, uh, historically people were much more private about these kind of yes. things. And grandpa didn't talk about that. And grandma yeah. didn't talk about that. And they were sick. We don't really know. Yeah. And then I think some of it is on us as professionals is we don't always do a very good job of explaining, what really happened in terms that are understandable. Yes. Uh, I can give you medical terms, but not everyone can remember all that stuff. And at the end of the day, they don't need to necessarily know that other than knowing that it's important where things started and how I was treated. Yes. And that is the key for Pam because Pam is able to take that and put it in lay terms, put it in easier understood verbiage. And then again, that's yours to go to your, your primary doctor. That's yours to go to your family. It's your medical information. It's just in a simpler form, easy to understand the, and that's, that can be done at any time. Um, doesn't matter what type of cancer you have, guy, girl, breast, prostate, colon, whatever. That's just a side note and a plug for Pam. You're correct in saying that we don't have a Susan Komen. But we do have a Joe Ed Kaufman. <laughs> we do. Yes. And 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 God love him. He is as passionate about prostate cancer 
as um, any woman is Absolutely. or has been about breast cancer. Absolutely. And uh, just a big thanks to Joe Ed for, for doing the Friends of Fogelberg concert. Um, I know that's that can't be easy. Um, I see a smidge of the backside of that and getting that all together. But, um, you know, that's kind of leads us to what goes on here locally. You know, if you can go to the Friends of, Berg, uh, Friends of Fogelberg concert, um, the concert's coming up. I don't know uh, if they're out of tickets, but you can certainly try to get tickets to that. It's a great time. It's a great Absolutely. show. Yeah. Uh, it's Always well done. Amazing musicians. Um, you know, but but the most important thing is, is that that concert funds assistance and programs and things like a, a free screening that we'll talk about in just a minute coming up um, for prostate cancer. And um, I mean, that's the sole purpose of that is early detection, because it, as, you, as it says, friends of Fogelberg, it's for Dan Fogelberg, right. who uh, had prostate cancer when they found it. It was very late stage. Exactly. Uh, I'm not sure how long he lasted from the moment of diagnosis till his untimely passing, but uh, he did not um, survive his cancer. Right. And um, at that, a very young age, at a very young age. And that's all we're trying to do, right, is early detection, screening and get that taken care of. Absolutely. And uh, Joe Ed is all about it. If you if you don't know Joe Ed and, and don't understand his passion, spend a 20, no, two minutes with him, <laughs> maybe 20, maybe 30 <laughs> seconds with him and you'll understand his so passion. For those that don't know Dan, who was Dan? So Dan Fogelberg was a musician. He was a, a, a rock and roll musician, I think, in the 60s, 70s right. time frame. Um, I should have done some homework before I came in. Um, he's kind of an obscure musician because it, it was him. It wasn't a band. I mean, right. he, he had a band, but it was uh, it was uh, him. Um, but um, when he died of, of um, uh, prostate cancer, like Joe Ed will say, it just crushed him. Like, what do you, you took my idol, <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's what yeah. it meant to guys. And I think at that uh, time, too, uh, again, men didn't share any of these things. And I think uh, that's one thing that uh, I think you guys attempt to do well here. Uh, is trying to have open arms for our men and allow them to have resources. Men are used to being on an island, and I'm the strong one, and i got to take care of this all myself. And I think uh, if, if men... Uh, men will never be women. They're never going to talk about everything. We don't want to talk about everything. I don't yeah. want to sit around and chat about all, all that stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think our men uh, being able to be open talk about their journeys um, and uh, be willing to say, you know, this is important uh, and then use the resources here. I mean, there are a lot of resources here uh, that uh, men don't take advantage of them as they should. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Friends of Fogelberg helps with all of that as well. I mean, we've got our nurse navigator, Alan, uh, who's an amazing resource for our men uh, that he does nothing but deal with prostate cancer and our yes. men with prostate cancer. Uh, and that's been a, a great resource for our men. Um, uh, and again, everybody's different what they need and what they want. But I, I think those are things that... Uh, Hopefully we can see men embrace uh, being a little more open about these things. So at this concert, it's my understanding some of the physicians at your group get involved. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's uh, get yeah. into that. Can uh, we talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that uh, our, our group as a whole gets involved and, I mean, our staff and everyone uh, for the screening events, uh, our, our staff are amazing. Oh, they show up. I they, draw, that. they draw blood. Um, they, they care. They show up. Uh, they're 
smiling. Um, and so our group is very involved with that. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Kibbe for years, uh, was the, the guy, um, I mean, he, he kind of needed his ego stroked a little bit, uh, you know, and wanted to be up on, I think, I think Dr. Kibbe would have loved to have been a musician in, yes. uh, in another life. I would, and I would so, second that. Uh, you know, I mean, not everybody can pull off the, you know, purple lame shirts. Um, yes. uh, uh, but yes, uh, so he's been very intimately involved. Uh, I've been tapped this year to help, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to have that type of involvement. I was wondering. Um, I was wondering. I, I, I don't, I, you know, you do not want to hear me sing. Um, <laughs> for those, uh, let me interrupt for a second. So for those who are going, I have no idea what they're talking about. Okay, Pam, I've been to the Friends of Fogelberg concert. I can't even tell you how many times. And I'm not going to lie. One of the best parts that I most looked forward to was when Dr. Kibbe would come out and, and do several things. He was a great icebreaker. Yes. And, and talking about the differences between what men expect the digital rectal exam to be mm-hmm. or feel like and what it really is. Does um, that have to do with the foam hand? Yeah, yes, he would that, bring that, up, that's the big foam finger. The big foam finger. This is what you think is going on. And he took it off and he goes, this is what it really is. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's a great illustration. Um, but he had the, this incredible gift of being able to, like if you were blindfolded, Pam, sitting there, you would swear Neil Diamond was on stage. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not lying. Yes. And then if you had your eyes opened and all you could see was from the waist down, you would swear Neil Diamond was on the stage. Mm-hmm. But then if you saw the head of the person doing it, you'd go, I mean, it sort of looks like Neil Diamond, <laughs> but that's not Neil Diamond. <laughs> he had the most uh, uh, amazing outfits that... Um, if the light hit it just right, would would shine you right in the face. The sequins, I oh, yeah. mean, it was yeah. it was legit, <laughs> and I mean, belting out "Sweet Caroline," the whole audience. They probably that, that is not one of my strong suits. Well, um, and so I wondered I, about yeah, that. Yeah. I, I mean, if you've I, had lessons or no, I um, we all have gifts, and that's not one. Of <laughs> that's mine. not one of mine. Mine neither. <laughs> not mine either. But 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 to go to, back to your point, Pam, and and what you said to Doctor Wilhelm is, um, Emerald Urology does a phenomenal job when it comes to this screening. Uh, you know, you and I helped previously several times when it was over at our, our other location. Uh, they do it at Emerald Urology Clinic over there. Um, gosh, it, it's um, over there in Metapark, 1900 Metapark. This screening, you guys jot this down, September the 10th. Uh, the screening takes place from 9 to noon um, over there. Now, the, the cool thing is, much like everything that goes on here, it's free, entirely free. If you fall into that category... Uh, whether you're high risk or not high risk, you you know, 50, 55, somewhere in there. Or if you have questions, come be there. Um, there are people there to answer those questions like, Hey, I'm, I'm 47. Should I go ahead? And they're going to ask some questions. They're going to do, you know, you fill out some information, um, but it's free. And then it takes, I guarantee you now Ryan's tip is don't come at nine. Okay. <laughs> if you come or at nine 1159. or 1159, avoid those two bookends. Come about 9.45, maybe 10 o'clock. That's the sweet spot. Chances are you're going to walk right up. You're going to have five people say, here, fill out this piece of paper for me. Uh, you fill out the card. So that's so they know who to send the results to. Mm-hmm. Um, come right on back. Get your blood drawn. Takes about maybe 10 seconds to get your blood drawn, and you're out of there. And uh, in a couple of weeks, at most, you get a result in the mail that says, hey, everything's great. See you next year. Or you maybe get a, a deal that says, we need some more follow-up. Would you like to call and let's call and schedule an appointment? Or, and I would imagine they probably, if you don't hear from them, they call 
you're not going to get lost to follow up. So it's super, 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 super simple. As long as you don't show up at nine or eleven fifty nine, right? You must be a guy. You must be a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other uh, piece. And the last thing is to just remember, because I know that some of the times it's confusing with labs of can I can I have my coffee? Can I not have my coffee? It is non-fasting so you do not have to get up that morning and starve yourself we prefer you actually eat so you don't pass out <laughs> yes yes um but they have people on hand to handle that yes um uh, <laughs> that is not common but uh, no, it's again not. it's usually it's the not. guy that's been starving himself yeah. all day long and i uh, thought i yeah. couldn't eat and it's yeah. it's it's 11 30 he did not come at 11 59 and it's 11 30 and i thought i couldn't eat and here i am yeah no i totally get that but um free screening Take advantage of that. If you have questions, um, maybe you want to you want to uh, speak to someone when you get there. Ah, I'm not. I don't understand. There'll be there's someone there. Wit and his staff over there are, gosh, amazing. We're very very fortunate. Very fortunate. Um, so yeah, that's over near the hospital area, Meta Park area, 1900 Meta Park. One thing I'd like to go back to too is what you said about the resources we have here, Pam. We don't see very many guys often, do we? No, maybe they're a little stubborn. Well, maybe, could be. I say that not to point fingers, um, but we do have resources. Yes, we do. We have resources that can help. Um, Maybe sitting in a uh, support group is not your thing. Maybe that's it. And I get it, right? That's not for everybody. This isn't your traditional support group where you sit around and go, oh, tell me about your cancer and gosh, how did that feel? And all those things. No, it's about. But we do have men that come to support We do have men. Mm -hmm. It's about healing. It's about moving on. Um, we don't focus on cancer here. We focus on getting you better. We focus on moving the needle, moving the ball down the field. Um, we do have counseling. If that's, if that's something that, that needs to be uh, addressed, we have counseling, individual counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that's, that's an easy thing to take, uh, uh, take part of, but our wellness classes are not sex specific. Mm-hmm. They're not just for women. Well, and I will tell you that most of the men I talk to uh, want to know, well, what do I do to take care of myself for the future? I mean, so we've identified this, we're, yes. we've got a treatment plan. How do I stay out of trouble? Uh, and those are the things that are the hard things uh, because it involves being active, mm-hmm. exercising, diet, uh, all the stuff uh, that we don't do a very good job of in the U.S. And it's nice to have someone who can hopefully teach you some things because you don't have to go train for a marathon. No. You don't have to take up CrossFit. You don't have to be on a keto diet. But uh, the things that you can do to be healthy uh, will help with your long-term uh, 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 overall prognosis right and all of those things are here yes not the crossfit not the keto not the marathons <laughs> they can come to yoga. <laughs> but they can come to yoga uh, they can come to our nutrition water. classes water exercise is super awesome um we have a walking group in the evenings uh getting ready for um 5k coming up the our colors run together in september um there's a lot that you guys can be in part a part of now there's also some fun activities we do mm-hmm. we do fly fishing we take folks fly fishing uh, once or twice a year. We do hikes outdoors. We take survivors uh, to the Paladura Canyon uh, lighthouse formation, full moon hike, all these fun things. They um, could go get their PSA checked and then come for the full moon hike. That's right. Yes, the full moon hike's coming up in September, mm-hmm. uh, that evening on the 10th. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even realize that it was the same day. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect uh, thing to do. You know, the thing of it, too, is, is as we see more men, we can add more classes that maybe are specific to men. Yes. We can do a lot of those fun things. Um, but, you know, the thing about it, too, is is um, 
you guys do a fantastic job of educating um, on options, and you mentioned that. Let's talk about that real quick because I, I want I want to make sure, and, and um, maybe that's another barrier of oh, I don't want to know because then I got to do something about it, and they're going to take it out, or they're going to do this. But there's options, as you said. It's not always surgery and radiation. Absolutely, and I think uh, that's one of the things. I mean, we're very fortunate in prostate cancer right now that we've got a lot of things going on. Um, uh, both in the diagnosis side of things as well as uh, post-treatment. Um, and there, this is not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, and uh, even once we get into options where we say these things may be better for you personally, uh, that does come down to a, a, a personal decision, that there are things that people find more important that push them towards one treatment option versus another. Uh, and, and this is a journey, and there's, there's not something that's perfect for everyone. I like that. It's not a cookie cutter. No. That's that's the all. that's the one I mean that, that's the probably the hardest thing about prostate cancer in my opinion. I mean that this is probably the hardest cancer I treat because there is a lot of gray, which is wonderful. Um, but there's Good a lot of gray which makes it horrible. Yeah. Uh, cuz I, I I don't know about all guys, but this guy sometimes finds it hard to make decisions like at the store or (laughs) (laughs) choose this or choose that. I don't know. No, absolutely not. But I think that's something we can walk through with patients and, uh, and, and get them answers that they can be comfortable with. And, uh, at the end of the day, it ends up being your decision of what's right for me. Yeah. And I know Ellen does a great job if patients need, um, Someone to talk to that's mm-hmm. gone through it, he can um, connect the two. Yeah, together. we're so fortunate to have Alan. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we looked at as a foundation and as the Survivorship Center was some areas, we like to fill gaps, right? We like to fill, fill those voids of what's not available. And it just was this glaring piece that was missing was navigation for prostate cancer. Uh, breast cancer, if you guys are listening, have breast cancer, you know you had a navigator. Um, right. There is no question. And um, we have managed to fill that void now for probably three or four years mm-hmm. yeah. of having um, if you have prostate cancer, that doesn't mean you have to talk to Alan or go or have a navigator, but it's available. Um, and I know Alan gets calls at various times of the evening and days and weeks, weekends, um, and he's happy to do it. Um, it's, it is that kind of um, helper you know, to re-explain and hopefully it it helps you guys take some some phone calls off because he can help explain. This is actually what Dr. Wilhelm said. You don't have to choose one, two, three, you could choose four, you know, uh, or whatever the case may be. So uh, we're super glad to do that. And again, that stuff happens because of folks supporting friends of Fogelberg. Absolutely. And uh, you know, we just can't thank, thank them enough. So let's, let's hit that screening time one more time, September the 10th. Now, listen, there are ladies that come, Pam. You said you have to be guys. We've but had there, calls. There are ladies that come, but they're usually dragging a male behind them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I made him come. And, and you know, if you if you remember when we, when we did the um, podcast with uh, Sergeant Mickey Blackman from Potter County Sheriff's, which he just retired the other day, mm-hmm. um, uh, he said, I wouldn't have gone and gotten it done had my wife not said, nope, we're going. We're going. Let's go. Uh, so ladies, do not be afraid to grab your husband, your boyfriend, your fiance. Maybe it's your brother. Uh, gosh, maybe it's your dad, you know, grab them by the ear, drag them up there. Sometimes there's free breakfast. Yep. Um, depending on when you get there, uh, not 1159, not 1159, <laughs> but again, that does not mean show up at nine. That's Ryan's tip. Remember that. 
So those, those are the key things there. Um, and it's at 1900 Meta Park uh, Emerald Urology Associates over there, 9 to noon uh, on this coming Saturday. Well, not this coming because this coming Saturday is uh, before September, but September 10th is uh, when that is. So, Dr. Wilhelm, let's uh, do this. Um, I just want to share one thing, have you share one thing, because this is one area I know that you specialize in, and we'll get some questions, or I know we've had people ask about the robot. Let's talk about, because I, I know that um, that sounds freaky, that sounds like you sit back and put your feet up, and um, you punch a button, and the robot does it. Right. Um, and I'm sure that's really kind of what it is. But let's yeah. let's address what the robot is, and, and, and how that works. So um, uh, robotics, uh, I mean, it's been around. Uh, it was approved in the U.S. in 2001 for uh, prostate surgery. So, I mean, this is not new. Uh, there have been various platforms over time, just like your laptop or your car, that it has evolved over time. But this is not new technology. And all the robot really allows us to do is have the benefits of small incisions like we do for gallbladders and laparoscopic procedures with hernias and things that no one blinks an eye at. Um, and instead of using the chopsticks uh, like we use for those procedures, uh, it allows us to have tools that have more of kind of a hand and a wrist on the end of them. Uh, and so we get the benefit of having manual dexterity and being able to move our hands. And it's essentially a big fancy puppet. I mean, that what we do with our hands gets mimicked by the miniaturized hands in the inside. Um, it is, you know, it's not sentient. It's not, uh, you know, it's uh, not AI, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, uh, this is not hit, go, and drink coffee. Um, uh, this is the surgeon doing your surgery, a uh, skilled group of people there in the OR helping with that. Um, but it's allowed us to really uh, reap the benefits of smaller incisions, less blood, clot, uh, blood loss, uh, shorter recovery time, better visibility, better long-term outcomes. And so it's just really changed the, the way we're able to do this. And even in some respects changed who we're able to offer some of the things uh, that previously because of their build or weight or whatever maybe could not have offered some of these things. Uh, and so it has just been a, a, a better tool than uh, than what we had available previously as far as uh, making it less invasive. I, I've actually seen the robot, Pam. But it's cool. It is cool. It is neat. Um, it reminds me of um, when, and I don't know if they still do this, this will show my age, but when you used to go to the driver's license office and they'd say, look in here and press hard on your forehead and the light will come on and tell us what low, right? Yeah. Tell us, uh, yeah. tell us what level you can read. They were all old, right? And we are all, <laughs> Pam's not, she doesn't know what no. I'm talking about, <laughs> but that's kind of what it was is I think, or at least right. the one I saw, you kind of push your forehead and a light comes on and you talk about increased vis visibility yeah. and vision. It, it, magnified this area that had all these little, it was a little tester. It wasn't the real robot. I hadn't watched somebody have surgery, but it, it had all this, this, these rings you could put on the hooks and yeah. you could take this off and you could stitch into this sponge or you could do all these things. And I was blown away, blown away. And the next thing I thought of, and I'm sure this, this has come across your mind is when like my kids now, that age group become doctors right. oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're so good at playing video yeah. games I mean, they, there's no telling what they'll be able to do via a robot. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where as technology increases and things become more miniaturized and, and uh, I mean, again, where, where will we be? And, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's hard to say. But, uh, yeah, it's an amazing technology. And, uh, uh, I mean, I do it routinely, and there's still days where I walk away going, I can't believe we just did that. Yeah. And, and, and the patients, the patient benefit is shorter recovery times, mm -hmm. 
less blood loss, yeah. all those things. So again, not to freak out about that if that ever happens. I just wanted to bring that up because sure. yeah. that is a very unique tool that we have, and I know that's an area that yeah. you specialize in. And I think we're very fortunate in the panhandle that um, we have a lot of cutting-edge things here. We are not out in the sticks. Uh, I mean, yes, we may be in West Texas and we're more removed, but we have some wonderful physicians here and all, all the different disciplines. Uh, as far as prostate cancer goes, we uh, uh, now it's especially on the imaging side, Side of things. The MRI for the prostate has been a great advance for us here locally. We have PET scanning for prostate now, which was never something that we had available. And uh, even the most cutting edge uh, uh, PET technology we are going to have available here in the, the very near future wow. in Amarillo. Uh, and uh, and that it's still not perfect. We don't have anything that's a perfect test. But Amarillo keeps pace with what's going on in all the major communities. And we're very fortunate as a community here to have a lot of great physicians, technicians, uh, hospitals uh, that allow us to take good care of our patients here. That's great. That's great. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about screening or prostate? Uh, I, I would just say that um, screening is important. Uh, being aware of your risk is important. Uh, and trying not to be a guy is important um, uh, because guys want to just move on and, you know, cut my leg off, rub some dirt on it, and I'm going to keep moving. Uh, and understanding that we're all human. Uh, and, uh, you know, if your car had a rattle in it, you'd take it in and get it checked sooner. So you're not replacing the transmission or, uh, you know, taking care of things early and uh, early detection are important so go get screened yeah thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge i hope yeah. our listeners have learned something sure absolutely yeah so this leads us to our last segment it's pete's powerful moment we are sponsored by pete's car smart kia do you have a powerful moment that you could share with us yeah, and I, uh, my issue is I don't know that I have any one moment uh, because uh, this has been a, a, a special journey. Uh, I mean, prostate cancer is one of my um, uh, areas of interest. And, and so my, my moment is something that's been an evolution of a moment uh, here and, and my hope for a moment in the future that I do think men are doing a better job of talking. I do think men are doing a better job of opening up and being uh, uh, willing uh, to take part in the medical community. Uh, and so the fact that we have something like Friends of Fogelberg and we have this screening event uh, and I have patients that come on the podcast and talk about their experience, um, that's something I didn't know if I'd ever really see when I first started practice here, you know, uh, 15, uh, 18 years ago. Uh, and so um, my moment is I hope a moment to come uh, where uh, – Prostate cancer is no different than breast cancer, and you'll see guys out wearing a blue shirt uh, mm -hmm. and their blue ribbon and be proud that they had prostate cancer and that they're a survivor uh, as opposed to not being well, uh, willing to talk about that. And that's something that's changing, and I hope to see it continue yeah. to change. Yes. Oh, very well. Very well put. Very well put. You know, um, I think you're right. It, it, the, the, the pendulum is slow. It's like turning the Titanic. <laughs> it's really Hopefully we're not hitting, hitting the iceberg, but it's slow to turn. Maybe I should say it's, it's like turning an aircraft carrier or yeah, something. There you go. It's difficult to turn. And, uh, that, that, that is, that is turning. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Wilhelm. Thank you for, um, coming on today. Thank you for what you do all the time with our, 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 uh, folks that live in the community, live outside the community and treating their prostate cancer. And uh, gosh, 18 years? 
Yeah, yeah. Just a couple years. Just now. a couple years. That's good. That's good. <laughs> no, I, we really do. Thank you guys. We thank the um, folks over there at Amirology. Let's talk again real quick. September the 10th, September the 10th, 9 to noon, 1900 Meta Park. Can't hit that enough. Uh, 9 to noon, nine, and it's on September the 10th at 19. It's a lot of nines. September the 10th at 1900 Meta Park. Make sure you guys get over there. Now, Pam, what's our homework? I think we should have all people that know a male. Get them to the screen. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. Yeah. Text, call, email, talk yeah. to them, remind them about this, um, and then follow up with them. Make sure they went. Yeah. And if they didn't go, it's not, if you miss this, it's not over. Right. You, you, you can talk to your primary care doctor. Yeah. You can Absolutely. talk to your primary care doctor. Uh, uh, the, the key is if, if you need to be screened um, and you're of age or you have concerns, talk to them. Be your advocate. Talk to your doctor. Um, they, this is not a test that's only done at Emerald Urology. Absolutely. It can be done at all your primary. It can be sent out to any lab. So it's real simple, easy, easy thing. That's a good point. We want to make sure that you guys understand that. Um, gosh, if you've, we've done a lot of podcasts and um, it seems like every single one of them, I just feel like, oh, this has been great. This has been great. If you feel that way, if you feel that way and you've been listening or maybe this is your first one and you think, gosh, this is fantastic. We have a way that's set up that you can support our podcast now uh, with, with a monetary donation. It's tax deductible. We're not, we're not saying you need to give $200 every week or whatever that is. If you feel led to give and support the podcast, uh, a real simple, easy way to do that is go to our website. It's the number 24 survivorship dot org and then you can type in backslash donate yes you can also there's a donate button on our website if you feel led to make a donation we'd certainly appreciate that uh and that allows us to continue to make everything that we do here entirely how much free free 100 free so uh if you feel led to do that we would certainly appreciate that last thing is make sure you share this podcast this is a great opportunity for you to share uh, whether they miss that that don't that uh, day on the 10th of, of getting screened again it can be done elsewhere it's all about being educated and and understanding the the keys and the specifics on that and then make sure you join us next week for another great episode of beyond the ribbon Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.